Welcome to Work It, a show about work. This is a work of satire containing mature themes. Pour le service en français, appuyez sur le 1. For writer and performer Sam Alamang, please press 2. For writer and performer Janet Mowat, please press 3. For a measured and insightful discussion of this option is unavailable. For a comedic look at the history of work that's remarkably anachronistic coming from a couple of historians, please stay on the line. Hey there, folks, and welcome to episode 27 of Work It, where we're taking a fascinating fact-based journey through the history of work. Wow, episode 27. Unlike Jimmy, Janice, and Kurt, we're going to keep going till we reach 28. Not out of some moral conviction or anything, just because we're not famous yet. It's really unfair, don't you think? Today's show is a history program. Think of it as Herodotus with jokes. I mean, the part with the giant ants was funny, sure, but was it a joke? So hop aboard our time machine sound effect and join us, won't you? And where'd I put the keys for this thing? Do sound effects even have keys? Pre-Cambrian era. Heya! Sup? Oh, I'm an amoeba. Oh, right on. Oh, I'm a paramecium. I was gonna ask. Totally. <laughs> I mean, the cilia kind of give it away, so... <laughs> I woke up like this. Whoa, bad hair day. So... <sighs> this primordial ooze is kind of boring. Oh my god, so boring, right? I know! We should get jobs! Totally! What's a job? So, it would be this thing where we'd spend most of the day doing some task or other for someone, and in exchange, they'll pay us money. Totally, totally. What's a money? Don't worry about it. What job do you want to do? Well, how about... Pastry chef. Why pastry chef? Mmm, I just love sweets. Ooh, and I could even apprentice in France. Tricky. You think? Well, like, take the croissant. It won't be invented till, like, 1838. Hmm. Yeah, that's not for four billion years. Yep, I'll definitely need something else for now. Well, instead of pastry chef, you could be... bacteria chef? Yeah. Yeah, that could work. It's probably good practice for the next four billion years. Heck, why stop at bacteria? You could experiment with dead organic material. Amoeba eat dead organic material, all right? Um, those are detritivores, and that's not the type of clientele we'll be going for at Bacteriopub, King West's hottest in amoeban cuisine. Jeez, sorry. I gotta go. Take care, or whatever. Detritivores, what am I, some kind of parasite? Job interviews through history. Athens, 438 BCE. Next, please. Uh, hi there, Mr. Uh... Socrates. Socrates, nice to meet you. Ah, but what do we mean by nice? Is nice part of the good? Ah, uh, I see you're all geared up for this interview to become a philosopher. Indeed, here is my resume. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, Socrates, tell me, uh, what's your subject? What do you know best? I know that I know nothing. I see. 
So under expertise here, I'll just put... Yes, nothing. That's right. Nothing. Okay. Uh, what do you think is the best trait for a philosopher to have? Well, first, we must understand what we mean by best. What is best for a philosopher? Is it to uh-huh. be most virtuous, most courageous, mm-hmm. strongest, uh, handsomest? Uh, well, I suppose the best philosopher is the one who is wisest. Oh, what a funny coincidence. That's me. Oh, but it says here, you know, nothing. Ah, but does that not make me the wisest of all? Wow, no one spews tiresome nonsense like this guy. You're hired. Can I get next Thursday off? I got a thing. Today's episode of Work It is brought to you by Druid's Fluids. That's right, folks. Druid's Fluids is the only beer brewed by Irish monks of the 4th century. Or more specifically, an Irish monk of the 4th century. Brother Terry wasn't exactly the model Irish monk. The things Brother O'Hogan in the library saw him doing to the Big Book of Nymphs would make your skin crawl. To say nothing of the fact that this very beer was brewed in the monastery's formerly Holy Spring. Yeah, not so holy after that last kegger. Nevertheless, we are pleased to have Druid's Fluids as our sponsor. Pour one out for Brother Terry, burned alive by his fellow monks for the minor offense of barfing on the sacred relics. To Brother Terry! And to his Druid's Fluids, dripping down my throat. Job Interviews Through History Camelot, 481 CE Next! Hello? Name? I am Arthur. Nice to meet you, Arthur. Thanks for your interest in becoming the next King of England. Here's my resume. You'll find that I've developed a number of transferable skills well suited to monarchy. In my time with the yep, wizard great. Merlin. Okay, uh, just pull on that sword, please. Beg pardon? Uh, if you could pull on that sword, please, so I can see if you're the rightful king. You don't want to hear about my ideas for a new table design? See, instead of a square Look, table... Listen, uh, Adam, was it? We've got a lot of applicants lined up here. Oh, all right. <gasps> oh. You're hired. Sorry, everyone. You can go home now. Aww. Oh, cheer up, Lancelot. I'm sure there are other positions available. Upward mobility, my foot. The Norman Conquest. For the king! Ah! Behind you! Have at thee! Will you keep it down out there? I'm trying to work! My good man, we are under attack! So say I, your king, Harold, son of Edward. Good for you, Harry, but I have a pile of invoices to process. So say I, Randy, in accounting. Now be quiet. Gods, arrest that man. No good first millennials always thinking of themselves. Now where was I? Two crates of parsnips, tuppence, carry the one. Randy, what are you still doing here? Well, Sir Mowbray, I'm trying to work. The day is lost. We must flee. Oh, clocking out early, eh? Very nice indeed.
I shan't argue with you. King Harold has fallen. The Normans have conquered us. I don't care if we've been conquered by Normans, by Gordons, or by a mob of flipping Ebenezers. Look at these parsnip invoices! It's the French! Randy is in Normandy! Well, ooh la la! Bah! It's too late. They're in the castle. Suit yourself! How about you, Norman scum? I told him I don't care how many Normans or Gordons or flipping Ebenezers are out there. Keep it down. Now then, let's see. Three crates of parsnips, Farmer Grum, carry the two. And who might you be? We are your conquerors. Names, you fool, your names. I want to talk to your supervisor. Je suis Norman. 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 Ebenezer. Well, Normans, if you want so much as a morsel of parsnip again in your stinking lives, get lost! I said I don't care how many Normans or Gordons or flipping Ebenezers. Now carry the two. The Middle Ages. Medieval Marketing Prodigies. Randall, creator of the Natural Food Movement. Step right up, my fellow medieval serfs. Gather around, that's it, and try these amazing vegetables. I got parsnips, turnips, all your favorite tubers, all natural and free from nasty pesticides. What's a pesticide? Oh, you know, a chemical that kills bugs that eat crops. You mean these pesticides will save our crops from the insect plagues? Hooray! It's the answer to our prayers. Well, yeah, but look, my vegetables are pesticide-free. Tell us more. Where can we get these pesticides? What? No, you don't understand. It's unnatural. Give me pesticides. Take my money. I'll give you everything. Mm, pesticides. Good gravy. Wait till they hear about GMOs. Wait, GMOs? I'll take one of those, too. Three GMOs, please. Four. I want four. Still got any of those pesticides? Medieval marketing prodigies. Eunice, inventor of the jingle. Step right up, swains and farmhands. Check out these wares. I've got rough cloths here to brush your teeth with. Anyone got teeth left? Anyone? Tell you what, I wrote a song. You'll wonder where the yellow went when you brushed your teeth with a rough cloth of water. Anyone? Anyone into that? (coughs) No? Okay, no problem. How about this beautiful loaf of crusty day-old bread? Oh, it's rustic. You know what? I wrote a song for this one, too. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that coarse hard bread infested with weevils. Ugh, enough already. It's going to be stuck in my head forever. Shut up, Eunice! I kind of like it. Okay, we're not feeling the bread, but you'll love this one. I've been working on it for a long time. Check this out. Oh, I wish I were a novelty oversized cod piece. That is what Ooh. I truly like to be. If I were a novelty I kind of like it. Medieval Marketing Prodigies Bertha, inventor of viral marketing (coughs) That's right, fellow peasants Try Bertha's artisanal plague Custom infected by yours truly Love my plague? (coughs) Share it with your friends Count Sarnet, Bertha, you're killing us (coughs) Another customer success Sorry.
William Shakespeare is celebrated across the English-speaking world for his remarkable contributions to our language. Where would we be without such words as dawn, gossip, or puking? But few remember the name of Shakespeare's equally influential contemporary, known to his admirers as the Shakespeare of business jargon, Robert Dingus. A prolific crafter of memos, the great middle manager Dingus is credited with the invention of no fewer than 7,000 corporate buzzwords. Susan, I must circle back on this proposal once those flappy-eared knaves in accounting have looped me in. Robert Dingus, Internal Memo, 76. Gerald, I humbly request the honor of thy company anon, that I might pick thy brain. Robert Dingus, Internal Memo 439. Dingus had an inauspicious start to his career, serving as page boy to a local magistrate. Yet, even as a young dog's body, Dingus showed signs of his promising future. My lord, I must humbly give thee a heads up that thy honored business has experienced negative growth in this quarter. Thou art exceedingly risk averse. Robert Dingus, Juvenalia 12. After his 17th time being right-sized, a dingus invention, young Robert crafted perhaps the greatest of his early works. Mr. Harding, I prithee, lay not me off. I am a results-driven, laser-focused thought leader. I, Valerie, I must simply get my ducks in a row. Let us take this offline. Robert Dingus, Internal Memo 125. This torrent of inventive language was the spark that ignited Dingus's illustrious career as history's greatest corporate drudge. Elephant in the room. Game changer. Bang for your buck. Let's touch base. Low hanging fruit. Lunch and learn. Dingus leapt from minor promotion to small pay raise, innovating with every intra-office communication. As his career entered its twilight, Dingus's memos assumed the quiet dignity of one running low on new terms to invent. Caitlin, ping me. Robert Dingus, Internal Memo 6987. Reggie, to be or not to be actionable, that is the question. Send your thoughts by EOD. Robert Dingus, Internal Memo 6892. Until, at last, Robert Dingus left this, his final internal memo. My beloved team, I must bid you farewell. I lack bandwidth. Robert Dingus, internal memo, 7046. Although Dingus never gave the English language such indispensable Shakespearean innovations as the word obsequiously, what Dingus did leave us is far more valuable. His gift to the world was the vague discomfort we all feel when our peers start to throw around important-sounding terms whose meaning we haven't quite worked out yet. In the immortal words of Robert Dingus, that was a value add. The History of Workit, The Industrial Revolution Please, sir. May I please do the intro, sir? No, child! But I'm so hungry, sir! 
hungry for podcasting. Eat your cag maggers and get back to work. But, sir, I was positively desperate to podcast, I is. Listen, urchin, you've got a perfectly good helping of slop. Or perhaps I should feed it to some cur off the street and let you starve, eh? <laughs> please, sir, please don't send me back to the content mines without the smallest piece of intro. Well... I've gangrene in my USB mic, sir, and an awesome pace of podcast lung. Well... My legs were crushed in the MP3 compressor, sir, and I've got a dreadful case of parody. So you do, lad, so you do. Very well, you may do the intro. But after that, it's straight back to work. Oh, thank you, sir. <clears throat> On today's program, Queen Victoria takes a 2 4 to the cottage. Victoria Day joke, jolly good. Charles Dickens's breakfast cereal. Ah, cereal serialized. Wordplay smashing. Manchester's new mascot, Manchester Cheetah. A jive-talking cheetah and also he has tuberculosis. Ah, delightful. A consumptive jungle cat. Well, lad, back to work. Toodaloo. But today's Christmas Day, sir. No, it's not. I really need to get that young wretched day planner or something. World War One. Good morning, soldiers! Who's ready for a solid day of work out there fighting Jenny? I say, three cheers for Her Majesty's armed forces! Hip hip! Oh... How can it be one cries hooray as mortar crashes day by day? Yes, quite. Listen, men, there's something I need to discuss. They say there's a rash of, well, poetry breaking out here. First it was Sassoon and Owen, McRae with his poppies, but now everyone's scribbling melancholy verse. It won't stand. Oh, the call to arms we will not follow. We forsake Ares for Apollo. Yes, this is maybe, gents, but by Jove, we have a job to do at the front. To the front, please don't implore us. We're translating the Odes of Horace. Even so, Private. And after that, a choral dance. We dress in tunics with no pants. Now I must say, this is rather enough. Look now, put down your bucolics, lace up your crunchies, let's send Fritz crying back to the Kaiser. Hurrah! He's right, you know. The time for poetry is past. Boy, Henderson, now who else would join me? Sergeant Humphrey Duncastle and smash these pesky Germans. Yes, I'm a modernist now. Oh. When Sergeant Humphrey Bumcastle woke up one morning, he found himself changed to disgusting bug. Duncastle, actually. Honest mistake. Mrs. Sergeant Bumcastle said he would buy the flowers himself. Oh, and he's a disgusting bug in this one, too. I see, I see. Well, lads... I'm off to the front. I hope to see every man jack of you there. Who's with me? Jolly good. Jolly good. Well, cheerio then. Wish me luck. The sergeant's name lives in our chance. Now on with the tunics and off with the pants. The Spanish Flu The influenza pandemic of 1918 affected people in all walks of life. Here are just a few examples. Gym teacher. 
Okay, class, looks like Becky is not getting up. We need a pinch runner. Uh, Billy, you're in. Say, Billy, you don't look too good. Alright, gonna need a pinch pinch runner. Doctor. Open wide and say, ah. Ah. Oh, uh, sorry about that. Got it all in your mouth, didn't I? Well, the good news is you were perfectly healthy. McDonald's owner. How may I help you? Just wanted to say, I don't know what you're putting in the burgers now, but they taste better than ever. Between you and me, the secret ingredient is influenza. Well, whatever it is, it's influlicious. Keep it up. Tongue depressor inventor. This new tongue depressor comes with a built-in net to collect any unwanted discharge. Observe, I will test it on subject 2A. Open wide 2A. Ah. Uh, now, cough. Ah. Uh, Don't worry, it's perfectly safe. Your contagion will be contained in the netting. Alright. <coughs> ah, it seems this prototype was rather ineffective. Uh, how unfortunate. Ugh. Superhero. Stop there, criminal, or I will use my ice breath. Very well, you leave me no choice. <laughs> it seems my ice breath has been replaced with illness breath. Eh. <laughs> Morse code operator. A message from HQ. H A C K. A-C-K-B-L-E-C-H? Hack? Hack? Blech? Oh no, now I've got influenza too! Influencers. Oh my god, more like influencer? Okay, stupidity I'll take, but anachronism? Too far, Alamang. I guess we've reached the influending! That's better. The history of Work It, the Jazz Age. Hey there, dames and fellas, pour yourself some giggle water and put up your gams, because today's show is the elephant's eyebrows. Why, it's positively keen, you big six. You're a choice bit of calico yourself, friend. Oh, applesauce. Relax, Mrs. Grundy, say cash or check. Sorry, bimbo, bank's closed. This tomato gave me the icy mitt. On today's show, John D. Rockefeller gets zozzled. We razz Glenn Miller and say he's no Oliver Twist. This hi-hat can't hoof, you follow. Henry Ford buys a jalopy, woof, woof. Don't be a Reuben, stick around, lollygagger. So, fella, ready for some whoopee? Ishkabibble. Now you're on the trolley. The Space Race. Welcome back to another episode of I Married an Astronaut. Honey, I'm home. Hello, Daryl. How was work? Swell. I walked in space. Oh, funny how you can walk way out in space, but you can't walk the trash out to the curb. Now you see here, Irma. Anyway, I invited the Gagarins over for dinner. y y, -y yuri Gagarin? Those filthy reds. 
Oh, you're just jealous that he went to space before you. That man's gotta outdo me at everything. He even got a color TV first. <laughs> hmm, I hear his wife is very beautiful too. You can say that again. Hubba, hubba, uh-oh. Daryl? <laughs> oh, they're here. Get out of that armchair and say hello. Oof, I'm still used to zero G. Not as weightless as you used to be, are you? <laughs> How will Irma and Daryl's dinner with the dirty Soviet cosmonaut go? Find out after a word from our sponsor. Fellas, I like my automobile to run as smoothly as my spaceship. That's why my motor oil of choice is AstroLube. AstroLube, preferred lubricant of America's astronauts. I gotta say this. We said it in the other episode. Fine. It's out of this world! <laughs> Baby Boomers. Hello, my dearies, and welcome back to Roger and Vera's Good Old Days podcast. I'm Vera, and this is Roger, my husband for 47 years. And your lover for 48 years. Remember those days, Vera? Stolen moments behind the stables? Oh, Roger, he's delirious again, friends. Pay him no mind. You'd wear your best gingham frock, your skimpiest bonnet? Why, I could see both your ears sometimes. Anyway, puppets, today we want to talk about something that's been on our minds. Young people. Those no-good freeloaders. For part 63 in our series on young people, we're talking about jobs. How about those jobs you used to give me, Vera? Roger, this is a family show aimed exclusively at seniors. Now then, why don't millennials have normal jobs? Seems like everyone nowadays has gigs. Back in my day, if you wanted a real job, you'd just go out and get one. Gigs were for musicians. No good Cab Calloway, he stole my Brillo cream. Young people keep talking about work-life balance, too. We never worried about that in our day. Why, I worked in the city and saw my kids just three times a year. You never heard me complain. Well, the family also lived in the city, Roger. You probably could have been a little more involved. If I could completely miss out on my children's formative years for the sake of my career, so can you, dadgummit. And what's more, now millennials want a $15 minimum wage. Back in our day, it was two fifty. This is obscene. You know what else was obscene? The way you used to hike up your- Let's bring feet. minimum wage back to two fifty. I say. Let those millennials see what it's like. These kids prattle on about keeping up with inflation. You remember what used to inflate, Roger, back when we'd sneak behind those stables. Vera, you old fox. And speaking of keeping up, I could keep but it up But alas, for... those days are gone, aren't they, dear? What were we talking about? Um, how kids today are no good freeloaders, I think. Oh, probably. Well, time for me to put my curlers in. Ooh, time for me to take my special pill. And I'll put that gingham frock back on. Well, good night, dearies, and as Roger and I like to say, Get, get a, a job! job.
The history of Work It. The future. Greetings, Janatron. Greetings, Samdroid. Ha ha ha, I am laughing at how funny the following episode will be. Compiling jokes. Critical error, no jokes detected. Accessing archives. Okay, here is a scene where Sam Human and Janet Human were ghost hunting, and Sam Human got scared and made waves in his jeans and or khakis. Exterminate! Jeez, every bot's a critic. I have found another scene in my memory banks. Affirmative! It is a scene about the bounty hunter from Star Wars, but instead of bounty hunting, he's job hunting. Initiate self-destruct! You're a good friend. You too, sweetie, the best. It's from Thelma and Louise. Ha ha ha, a reference, how droll, broadcast complete. There it is, folks, episode 27 in the can. The time can. Hang on, that's not funny. That's not anything. Time canned it? No. Ooh, I like on I Think You Should Leave where they say tuna can. Oh, right, the outro. Well, I hope you learned something as we delved into the history of work. You might think, if I wanted to learn more about the history of work, I'd visit VersoBook's website, darn it. Well, you're wrong. We don't have a piece of that. Listen to Work It instead. It's better for our metrics. And since we got you manacled here, be sure to follow at WorkItPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. See you in the future next episode. Peace out, tuna can. Enjoy your mud pies. for more news on the shows and events you love.